Niggas can count me out. I'm counting my bullets. I'm loading my clips. I'm writing down names. I'm making a list. I'm checking it twice and I'm getting them hit. The real ones been dying. The fake ones is lit. The game is off balance. I'm back on my. The Bentley is dirty. My sneakers is dirty, but that's how I like it. You all on my. I'm all in my bag. It's hard as it get. I do not store powder. I might take a sip. I might hit the blunt, but I'm liable to trip. I ain't popping no pill, but you do as you wish. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another installment of the Beehive Sports Podcast. We got Hunter and we got Devin this week. Last week, you know, we got a little short one put together. I was over the phone, which was a little interesting, but, you know, we made it work because we want you guys up to date on everything. This is how it goes. But we're excited for this week. Got some stuff to kick off. and Got a lot of stuff to kick off. Oh, yeah. It's been quite the, well, not even the cut the week. It's been quite the 24 hours for the Utah Jazz. Oh, oh for yeah. sure. You lose to Portland on, what was it, Monday night. Yeah, I was at that game. That was rough. Us too. We were there. Mm. We were on my Shout shoulder. out to you, Hunter, for those seats. Appreciate okay. it. Yes. Shout out to Corey. She's the one who got us the seats. Hey. Shout out to Corey then. Hey, Corey. Um, they lose to Portland. They turn around. They beat a very, very, very good Denver team last night. Yeah. Then there's been some rumors. The old rumor mill is a churn. And uh, so far this afternoon, we're going to talk all about that with the Utah Jazz coming up. First, we got our normal intro segments. Since we weren't able to do any like more like game style segments last week, it was all just discussion topics. We had to go back to what we had originally planned. So we're going back to what we were going to do last week, which is who's back of the week. The who's back of the week segment was not back last week, but it's back this week. It's back, baby. Oh, baby. So who's back is back. Who else is back, Devin? To all the haters out there, Donovan Mitchell is back and out of the sophomore slump. He's back. He's back. How he's, so? He's scored 24 points or more in the past eight games. First Jazz player with back-to-back 30-point and back-to-back 35 35 point point games, games right. since Carl Malone I think he's in He was like averaging yeah. 30.9 out of the last seven yeah, before he, last he's night. Been, so he's been tearing he, it up. About 30 as, games, we, so. as we saw last night, he put the team on his back for a little and... Last night the was the a lot best of I've seen him play. Yeah. Last night was yeah. the best I've seen him play this season. Excellent. For sure. He was Euro-stepping, slicing, dicing, draining threes, dishing, playing defense, big block at the end. Whatever you asked him to do last the, night, he did it. The five-second violation? Yeah. He's all getting in the, the fans, face. Getting in the fans' ears saying, come on, guys, get in his ear. Five-second violation. Just the energy in that arena. I saw him give that big high-five to the fans, and it was just... It's, that's jazz basketball, you know? That's that's what I love to see out there. It's what he does. And Donovan Mitchell is back. Um, I was down on Donovan Mitchell up until like two weeks ago. He was in a uh, sophomore yeah, slump. Yeah, you were. <laughs> and <laughs> part of it, I think, is due to injury. Um, there was He suffered the toe-slash-foot injury last year in the playoffs. Apparently, that caused him to miss some significant time over the summer, which prevented him from working out which led to the slow start this season. It looks like he finally was able to kind of get his footing under him over the last 10 games, which the Jazz are 8-2 and two over the last 10 games. Um, so obviously with Donovan Mitchell's play comes the Jazz success. This marks my question for you, though. I got a question for you, too. I just want an opinion on it because I've been okay. thinking about it. Donovan Mitchell, got answers. future point guard of the Utah Jazz. I said it last year. I said the future of the Utah Jazz is Donovan at point guard. 100%. I've since taken a step back on that stance. I don't think because last like, night with I, Ricky back, he 
balled out. But still the ball in his hands most yeah, of the time. Yeah, exactly. Here's, I heard this take on ESPN 700, the Gunther and Ben show. Ben Anderson was talking about this very idea. And he said something that I actually agreed a lot with and I think is actually the route the Jazz are going to go, which is, look, Donovan's not necessarily going to be the starting point guard moving forward, and I don't think he should be the team's long-term plan at point guard moving forward. But he said he gave the example of Clay Thompson. He said, let's look this summer. The Jazz have $30 million to spend. If Clay Thompson, a guy who plays Donovan Mitchell's same position, he plays a shooting guard, shows serious interest in the Utah Jazz and wants to come to Utah and the Jazz want him and they have the money to spend to get him, well, now you look at it as, okay, we can sign Clay Thompson and we can move Donovan to the one. Yeah. I mean, because you've seen enough over the last it's a long shot, but. two weeks. I know, but just yeah, per no, example, it, per you know, exa- that's a great example. If another I love that two example. guard, if another two example. guard <laughs> wants to come to Utah, or you have the option to get a great two guard, you now are less hesitant about it because you can move Donovan to the one. And you've seen enough last year when Rubio was hurt, and you've seen enough over the last two weeks when Rubio's been hurt that hey, you can play Donovan at the one, and the sample size is big enough and good enough that you feel comfortable doing so. Mm -hmm. Not saying that now they're going to be like, oh, well, we don't need Rubio or we don't need a solid starting point guard because we can just play Donovan at the point guard. Let's go out and find a shooting guard. That's not going to happen. No. No, that's true. And and, and it seems like Ricky is more comfortable when he's in the games I see with him when he's just facilitating. When he doesn't have to go out and be the scorer – he just seems a lot more comfortable. Rubio had a dishing. great game last night. He did. And that's because Donovan took a lot off his back, in my yeah. opinion. Which is interesting because normally, and to start the season, it was Rubio was kind of hurting Donovan Mitchell in terms of being able to score the ball because Rubio really doesn't do much to space the floor. But when Donovan Mitchell's connecting on threes like he was last night, then it's fine because now you can have Rubio penetrating the defense. Rubio be the driver and Mm -hmm. then dish it to Donovan at the top to shoot a three. At the beginning of the season, they were reversing that, where Donovan would drive, and they kind of had Rubio out on the three-point line. And Rubio's just not good enough of a three-point shooter to actually have that be a consistent threat. Last night, the reverse was a consistent threat. Now, of course, for that to be a threat the entire year, moving forward, Donovan's going to have to connect on threes. Exactly, which is... Which he did last night. He has not shown that he can do over a long period of time. Yeah. He's up and down on the threes, but when that when that guy's driving to the basket, it's very fun to watch. Uh, Alex, who else is back? Donovan's back. Donovan's Jazz back. Are back. We're going to talk about that more. Who else is back? Well, so, you know, I guess it's hard to say who this is back because, you know, this seems to be consistent, but Roger Goodell being a terrible, <laughs> terrible terrible commissioner. Old news. Roger Goodell just, being Roger Goodell's Just back. continuing. I mean, so we all saw the Saints game last week. We saw how awful that call was. Granted, that was clean. Granted, like, you <laughs> get not gonna, He's not going to address I'm not, that. We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> I'm we, joking. You're getting points clean. to win. You're getting points of the game to where you can win it. And so you shouldn't always try to rely on a call. But when it's a call in that magnitude and affects the game like that, that's bad. Oh, yeah. so Especially bad. when... Well, it changes the Super Bowl matchup. Exactly. And since it was just so, like, blatantly like obvious... Was, like, if it was a regular season game that affected the seeding, 
then like yeah it sucks but but we're still alive you still got your shot but now it's ever it's over to end a team season where they were it literally had they made the correct call you're going to the super bowl yeah. Like there was no because they run like, the clock well, out. They run the chance. clock out and no, they win it, that they, game. They win the game and they go to the Super Bowl. Yep. That's twenty five grand in the pocket of every player. That's a Super Bowl chance at a Super Bowl ring for every single player. A chance to win the franchise's second Super Bowl. Like yeah. and the loss for KC was tough for the Chiefs. Right. But if you're a Chiefs fan, you look at it and say, "Look, we got Mahomes, we got Tyreek Hill. Like we're." Gonna be you're back. gonna be good for a while. You, you're gonna if be you're a Saints a fan, you look at it and you say Drew Brees is what, like 39 years old? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that was. Dude, like, yeah, he old. just had a great season, Last but shot. like you never know, right? You never, like, know. you never know. So t- to be a Saints fan and be that close and to think we might not ever get back to that, right? In the next, you know, decade, yeah, or more. Like that sucks. Oh, it definitely that, sucks. This the way it's was a year for them well, to yeah, win. Well, a Super and the way Bowl. it ended two years in a row. Like just two utter like heartbreaks. One yeah. was just one, you know, you self, one was just bad. On yeah, coverage. one self-inflicted. Marcus yeah. Williams crapped the bed, but now the refs crapped themselves, and this is it. But then Roger Goodell, not to have like even addressed this yet. I mean, Watson, the tight end for the Saints, reached out and just said, "You suck," essentially. Yeah, and you are well, hurting the see. game by let's see not if we can get the addressing exact this message he sent because it's a good one. Uh, Benjamin Watson, right? Yeah, I mean, it's like Roger Goodell sure, is just, just like sits in his ESPN. office and is just scared to address stuff. Well, the NFL, oh, the NFL, the upper just no offices in the NFL in general just don't want to take credit for anything. So here's what the message said. It said, Commissioner Goodell, we all realize that football is an imperfect game played, coached and officiated by imperfect people. What occurred last Sunday in New Orleans, though, was outside of that expected and accepted norm. Your continued silence on this matter is unbecoming of the position you hold, detrimental to the integrity of the game, and disrespectful and dismissive to football fans everywhere. From the locker room to Park Ave, accountability is what makes our uh, and then it cuts off. What makes our league great? Lead by example. Mm-hmm. We, we are we are waiting. We are waiting. Hunter and I were watching that game Look, no. at our place, and we're just. Hunter goes, oh, I remember. Hunter goes, oh, okay, look at that PI there. Oh, it's a call. I stand by, I go, pass interference. Yeah. We well, got to understand what no, I was. Nothing. You gotta no feel call, like, no you flag. Gotta see, you got to see how I was looking Spaffled. at this, though. I was looking at this the opposite end. Granted, terrible call. But because it happened, I won a lot of money. Yeah, chilling win a lot of money. I won a lot of money on that game, and then, man, I've never rooted for the Patriots so hard in my life. And you won a lot more money. A lot more money. It was great. But, man, terrible call. And Roger Goodell, dude, you continue to suck. Look, it's as a, terrible. As a Patriots fan, it worked out like I wanted the Saints to win, but it worked out better because I am much more, as a Patriots fan, much more worried about facing the Saints than I am about the Rams. Oh, the yeah. The Rams do not phase me. I am not worried whatsoever about the Rams. I wouldn't be either. I was very worried about having to face the Saints. Yeah. Because they have a fantastic defense and their offense is great. Borderline unstoppable. Exactly. Um, one thing I will note that the in the message where he says detrimental to the integrity of the game and disrespectful and dismissive to football fans everywhere i would say football fans and players yeah because it is disrespectful and dismissive to every single member of that new orleans saints roster to have your season end like this your chances at a super bowl end like this and the league commissioner whose job it is to come out and fix mistakes and right these wrongs 
just does not say a word about it is disrespectful and dismissive to members of the New Orleans Saints and football fans everywhere. Oh, 100%. Let me, let me ask, you guys, ask you guys this, though. What can, because this goes to the NCAA as well, as we saw at the end of the Pac-12 championship, terrible missed call, the refs looking right at him. What can the NFL and NCAA do to fix this refing problem? So I thought about it a lot, a lot actually, and it's hard because you don't want you don't want to have like a lot more plays to review because then you slow the game down, and it makes it less like I think my eye is authentic, which sucks. But then at the same time, maybe break it down to where if it's if it's something within the two minutes left in the game and it's something like that, then you can review it because that's at the point where that call like that changes the entire course oh, of an outcome. Absolutely. If it's in that, it's before halftime. Boo freaking who you got you're gonna have your chance. I wouldn't say review. I don't think you should be able to challenge like penalties. But to have of I think what is it, a fifth referee in the booth who can buzz down to the head official, you know, because he has an earpiece. He should be able to buzz and just like when a ref on the field throws their yellow flag and then goes to the head official and tells them what the penalty is, you should have a fifth official in the booth who can buzz down to the head official and just give them the penalty and the number of the player within the two minutes. I don't think you should have an official... Exactly. I don't think it should be it's something I for like the entirety. I, I don't think it should be the entirety. Because then holding calls are going to happen like every that, day. Though. Exactly. But for it's, stuff like the end of the Pac-12 championship and that, you should have. I agree with you completely. I've never thought of that. A guy that can just sit there and say, oh, they probably missed that on the field. Let me buzz down and say they missed that. Guys, I saw this. What do you think? You know? Well, and I, and I'll, I just still think it should be under the two minutes. Because if it's in the entirety yeah, of the game, it's going to slow the game, the game down, game. and it's not going to be as fun. And whole, uh, penalties occur on most plays. And if you have someone watch True. it, and it's easier to tell, it's a lot easier to see a holding penalty on TV than it is for a referee on the field. Right. I will give them that. But regardless, whether there's an official in the booth or not, there should be no reason why you ever miss a penalty like that. You should. Like, that yeah, was so 100%. blatantly obvious to the dude sitting in row 125 at the top of the Superdome. The dude right. sitting on the very last row where the scoreboard is blocking half his view and he's resting his head above on the back concrete of the stadium. And he's sweating, sweating from all the bulbs on the screen. Who had to <laughs> hike up 200 <laughs> stairs to even get to his seat. That dude... Knew. That that was best That's what's saying. So then at that point, too, I think they need to come down harder. So, like, this crew, now I'm not going to say every crew, like the whole entire This crew should be fired. That 100% yeah, fired. Yeah. Like, you need, there needs to be repercussions call, for something like this. Missed calls to happen all the time. If you're getting sued, you but should be. All, yeah. take a every look referee at your job on that position, position sh- and every referee on that field should be fired. Should not be allowed to officiate an NFL game. Like, it's okay to let that kind of, like, if that, like we said, if that happens during a regular season, like, yeah, like, w- there's no excuse, and that sucks, but we move on, we move past it. Right. In the playoffs, you're supposed to have your best officials on the field. And if your best officials on the field miss a call like that with the Super Bowl on the line with 40 seconds left in the game, like, they are failing at their job. And just like if I don't, if I'm working at an office job and I'm supposed to have a report in by Monday night at 10 p.m. and I don't turn it in till Tuesday afternoon at 3 p.m. and it costs the company 
a million dollar deal, I probably lose my job. Why shouldn't oh, yeah. they? Why shouldn't they? So why should they not lose their job when it comes down to something like this? Right. I think they need to start being held accountable and maybe they'll make their calls better. A kicker in the Look, we were calling for Cody Parkey to lose his job after missing a field goal. If kickers I mean, kickers are more susceptible to it, but if players will lose their job you over mistakes job on the field, and as an official, you, you have, have one, one job. job as a referee. Exactly. And as, That's what so, I'm trying to say. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> it's equal there. Look, and, look a quarterback's not going to lose his job for throwing one interception. Right. But it's a different position. 100%. Different responsibilities. A kicker you, you literally misses a field job. goal. Like the Vikings kicker against the Seahawks. What was it like three Blair or four, Walsh. four years ago? Yeah, Blair Walsh, and then we picked him up. Blair and Walsh he... misses a field goal against the Seattle Seahawks in yep. the playoffs. He gets loses his job. Yep, and then we pick him up, unfortunately, and ultimately lose and don't go to the playoffs because of him. So whatever. Blair Walsh is a piece of crap, and I, we're not gonna get into that. But <laughs> and he loses his job. Man, that's salt and wounds right there. <laughs> Holy crap! But uh, but yeah, no, I agree, hundred percent. These dudes need to get fired, and Roger Goodell needs to address this. Like. He should have. But Roger Goodell is a terrible, terrible commissioner. He right. sits in his office. And How can we can we like impeach this dude? Is there like is there a way the to do something? The owners have to do it. I don't know. So what are they doing? I don't know. You know him and Jerry, Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones, Jones are, Jerry Jones tried. Man, Jerry Jones is the only guy on our side apparently, and that's that's hard for that, me to say. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like. We're to that. say Jerry Jones is on our side. Oh, the only time I rooted for anything Cowboys related was when Jerry Jones was like, "Let's get this guy out of here, please." Um, Myers back. Well, we won't talk much about it because it was. We already mentioned it a little bit. Maya, who's back, is the haters, of which there are many. Hater, haters are back. Why? Because the Patriots are back in the Super Bowl. <laughs> anytime the Patriots are successful and anytime the Patriots go to the Super Bowl, people are going to cry foul. Um, well, why not? I mean, they're there every year, so it's like, why First it they? was the roughing the passer penalty where Brady gets knocked in his face mask, which I agree it's not a penalty, but they missed an egregious pass interference the very next play on Rob Gronkowski. So take what you get, like, kind of evened itself out there. Um, so pointing to that as like, oh, the Patriots, oh my goodness, like they get every single call. The refs help them get to the Super Bowl. Like Gronk was getting held and pinned back every single time he went downfield. So whatever. Um, and then everyone's up in arms about the overtime rules. Screw that. The overtime rules were set because we changed it from where each team like, I just, ooh, man. It sucks to suck. You lost the coin toss. Yeah, better, stop. Make have, a stop. Have a better defense. Stop yeah. the pay- Get your defense to man up, be professional football players, and get a stop and win that game. Especially when if you're the Chiefs. If they can't do that, you're not good enough to be on the field. With the Chiefs roster makeup, like 25% of their salary is designated towards defensive players. Yeah. Like, you're going to have a crappy defense, and guess what? It's going to cost you games. Build your right. roster better. Exactly. Don't spend 80% of your salary yeah. on offense. Yeah. Don't complain about the overtime rules. Get a better defense. Also, on, it would, I, my last point, and then we'll go to break. Uh, this is a non-topic of discussion if the Chiefs win the toss and they go down the field and score. Nice. Yeah. Anytime, no one yeah. is complaining. Well, Brady never got a chance. No, they'd be like, ooh, Mahomes is the best. They'd be like, Mahomes, so clutch, leads his team yeah. on a game-winning drive in overtime yeah. against Tom Brady. Yep. Well, it's any time that someone This like, kid is special. They, you're yeah. right. The haters are back, though. It's any time Tom Brady succeeds, people are like, he cheated. The losers and haters, there are many of yeah, them out see, there. Yeah, I see, I wouldn't call myself a hater. I'm just more of a bored football fan when it comes to the Super yeah. Bowl. I, I I'm on want, your side, Alex, I just want more flavor. I, I want respect. more teams. It's it's like when you I go to it. listen. Tom it's like Brady, going to the same restaurant the every year and just getting the same thing. 
but with a little different of a side, right? Like, you get the main course is the same, but the side, you maybe get a fries, or maybe you get coleslaw this time, or maybe mashed potatoes. But, I don't care, but that main course is the same thing every year. But here's the thing, is then you get you get a little frisky, and you decide to experiment with other main dishes, you know? And you decide, you know what? This time I want the uh, lasagna at but this is what sucks. I'm not, and then get you get Denver Broncos versus Seattle Seahawks Super Bowl. Mm. And how was that? How Fan- was that for Super Bowl? Fantastic. Not for you, for everyone else. How no, was that not, for Super Bowl? Uh, what was it? 50 to 8? 43 to 8. Yeah. And then, then you Peyton put, Manning came back and won a and Super Bowl. Like, so let me, let back, me right? And then you're like, let me experiment. And then you go back. Go Hawks, baby. Then you go back to your cheeseburger. You go back to your cheeseburger. And what do you get? You get a thrilling Seahawks Patriots Super Bowl. That was thrilling. thrilling. It was an amazing then game. Then the next year. Depressing. Because, I mean, like, I got to the middle of my chicken, and I was like, oh, wow, it's still, like, talking to me. It's, it's then the next year, you know, it's the live. Then the next year you think, maybe, maybe, I should try the, <laughs> maybe I should try the eggplant parm. Nobody needs that. And you get Broncos <laughs> Panthers. Yeah, that's listen, nobody needs an eggplant. So, I mean. <laughs> yeah, but now we're just eating at Boston Market with the Patriots every year. All I'm saying is, like, I'm going to a restaurant, and there? they're choosing the course for me, and it's not Kay. all right. Okay, but let's look back at the Super Bowls in the last, like, six years. You had Broncos-Seahawks, which was a snooze fest. I stopped watching by the end of the first quarter. Then you had Patriots-Seahawks. One of the best Super Bowls of all time. I didn't go to school the rest of the week. One of the best Super Bowls of all time. I don't blame you. Then you decide no more Patriots, and you get Broncos-Panthers. And it's just... Go Broncos. Cam and Brady just getting wrecked over... Or Cam and Matt... Cam Newton and Peyton Manning just getting wrecked over and over yeah, again. Manning, Von Miller. And Von Miller just Stepped balls up. out. You get Peyton Manning, who can barely throw a football five yards, versus Cam Newton, who's afraid of a football within five yards. <laughs> yeah. Then you go back to the seat. You get the Patriots back in there again. And what do you get? You get a 28-3 to comeback. Then you go Patriots again, and it comes down to the final play of the game. And Tom Brady throws for 600 yards and five touchdowns, and they still lose because it's such a shootout. So, I mean, you can not have the Patriots, but guess what? You're going to get stuck with Broncos Seahawks. You're going to get stuck with Broncos and Panthers. Okay. So, I mean, those are the facts. It would have been a shootout, though, having L.A. and Kansas City. Like that would have been in amazing. The- or Look, no, I don't doubt season. that. Even, even New Orleans, Super Bowl. Kansas City. I don't doubt unreal. that, but the argument of we're bored football fans just watching the Patriots over and over again, well, guess what? Over the last five years, the only three entertaining Super Bowls have been Patriots versus X. I'll give you that. No, no, no. And I'll 100% so, give you that. Talk about Hunter. being bored football fans, but those are that's ex- the exciting Super Bowls Hunter, have here's been what Patriots. I'm saying. Tom Brady haters can stop because whether you like him or not, he's the best. Yeah. But it's just like... He, Whistler saying it. Same with the Warriors. We just want to see exactly. Just I could just teams. you know what? Screw. It. I could call myself a bored sports fan. What am I going to tell my kids? They're like, dang guys, there was this decade where the same freaking teams in all the good sports Kay, welcome to made the it 70s and won where it was every Lakers. single year. <laughs> welcome to the seventies when it was Lakers. I don't want to live in the seventies. I want to live in a world where I'm getting the Raptors <laughs> and and Randos like the Suns. I want I so, want all these teams to be good again. So you'd rather just have a boring. The Suns aren't going to the. Would you rather have a boring? Would you rather have a Super Bowl that's not very entertaining or an entertaining Super Bowl that features care. the at Patriots? This point, at this point, get, name I, give me one Patriots Super Bowl that has not been entertaining. The most entertaining Super Bowl since 2000, since the turn of the century, have featured the Patriots. Those that's two not, Giants Patriots matchups. That's not true, actually, because that. 
That Steelers Cardinals oh, matchup, yeah, yeah. that was unreal. So Excellent one out Super of Bowl. nineteen. There's still one though. And you know, like go Hawks over the Broncos because go Hawks. Yeah, but, but that wasn't entertaining. It's pretty wild. <laughs> it wasn't entertaining. <laughs> so people who Alex, say that they're I think we need to sick. stop. Oh, people say that they're just sick of the Patriots going to the Super Listen, Bowl. Man, whatever. Fine. Next. Fine. You can go watch. <sighs> you can go watch Peyton Manning throw two yard dump routes. While Von Miller sacks <laughs> Cam Newton over and over again. Hey, next. I love it. I was on the edge of my seat. No one wants to see that. Nah, I'm good. Let's just go on. Well, we're up against a break. <sighs> <laughs> we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We talked. We we sneak peeked a little bit of jazz stuff. We're going to come bit. back. I've had the trade machine working on ESPN for hours, so we're going to dive into that so you won't want to miss it. Ooh, baby. everybody we're back segment two man that was that was an interesting segment one we got into it a little bit it's always good playful banter between the boys but on to segment two we got a lot of jazz talk hunter you said you had the trade simulator fired up today i have well we're, let's get let's save the best for last we mm. want to let's start with a little, little bit of appetizers Ooh. a little, little french fries you know there we go jazz jazz a little bit of chicken nuggets because the jazz beat the nuggets last a night a little side salad right there you know Jazz beat the Nuggets last night uh, and are 8-2 and two in their last 10 games and have moved up to now 6th place in We're the Western way, Conference. We're on our way, Um Devin, what would you like from the Jazz last night? I love what, what the, stuck out to you? I love the energy, the tenacity to just go out and fire from the get-go, which we see a lack of a lot of times from the Jazz. I liked how they just came out firing from all cylinders, showing Denver who's the boss in that division. So I think so we predicted I think the Jazz would go 12 and 3 in like their 15 game January homestandish. I mean there's a couple of It was like 12 and games, 3 or like 11 and 4 we were like maybe. I think I said 12 and 3. You guys were like 10 and 11. I think I said Devin 11 and 4. I thought I think 10. I was 11 and 4, I think. And right now they're on that. pace for that 12. Right, they are. They're on pace for the 12. Beating a very good Denver team. They beat Denver team was one I had as a eh. Yeah. I had I had Portland as a win originally when we went through it. Well, it's because we have their number, man. Like oh, those matchups always go our way. And the Jazz played very, very poor. And uh, almost on Monday them. and still almost won. Correct. Um Yeah, the like Devin said, the energy, the focus. Lots Nikola, of energy, lots of focus. Nikola Jokic went off. However, Rudy Gobert Nikola Jokic outperformed Rudy and statistically. Um, and points and rebounds and everything like that. But Rudy Gobert was a, the Jazz were plus 16 when Gobert was on the floor. So right. Gobert was doing things that won basketball games. Just Jokic put up numbers. Jokic put up stats. He'll do Gobert that. Gobert won game. Yeah. And he made winning plays. That well, Gobert factor. Yeah, let's just talk about how scary it was, paint. though, when Favors got knocked out. I'm sitting here, oh, and here comes Epe. Like, yeah, I was just like, this would be the and reason. And then Crowder we hits two and one threes. Yeah. Well, and then wow. one banks off the backboard from a corner. That's thank goodness because he missed the free throw too. Oh my goodness. That was incredible. All I gotta say, man, that was a lot of stuff flying around. Hats off to blue sweater guy. Oh dude, that was <laughs> blue so sweater funny. guy. Yeah, he he's said, a whoa, peacemaker. Whoa, it's okay. It's okay. I'm like, dude, what are you gonna do? These How dudes drunk? don't even like So pregame. How blues? drunk was he? 
I don't think he was. I don't even think he's drunk. He's just like a. He's just like a. He's just a genuine dad. I think. Just a genuine dad. You know, like a dad joke kind of guy. He's five feet away from the scrum. He's like, whoa, guys. Whoa. I know, but that's like such a dad joke thing to do. You know. Like some drunk guys, a drunk guy's gonna get up and start waving his beer in the air, cussing uh, people out. True. A dad joke guy is gonna be the one to get up and be like, "Now, fellas, yeah. come on, don't do here. this in front of my kids." Uh, pre-game, blue sweater guy was actually shooting shots from behind the basket in his seat and made a few in a row. And Nuggets players were actually feeding him the ball. So the legend of blue sweater guy just grows. I love it. I love it. He, I mean, what a stud! That guy became an instant legend, baby. Um, but so it brings me to the question, the jazz eight, like I said, eight and two over the last 10, uh, have gone from under 500 to now six in the West. Yep. Can they sustain this level of production? I think so. I mean, granted, we've seen it, how the jazz works. They play better in the second half of the season. And now they've kind of hit this stride of where they have more confidence. Donovan Mitchell's clearly found his rhythm. And if he can keep onto that, put posting an average of 30 points a game, we're gonna be we're gonna be moving up this seed ladder a lot farther, and I think we can you know maybe. I mean, I'm I'm just excited again. from where the way we were talking about Utah just a month ago, right? To how we're talking about them now, and I'm even more excited to see the Lakers going down. I mean, granted they don't have LeBron, yeah. but seeing them slip out of the playoffs just gives me a little bit of joy. It might be petty, but oh, hey, you know man, how I'm it goes. On that. Listen, I don't like the Lakers just as much as the next yeah. guy. I'm always down to have the Lakers lose, but you know the Jazz are on a roll. They are, and Let's it's, just hope and they it's can a keep team that up. We're again, we're that team that nobody would want to play in the playoffs because we're that team that would ruin your season. Mm-hmm. That shouldn't, right? That's what would happen. Even even you guys heard it with um, uh, what's his bucket for ESPN last night uh, was just saying Phillips? Chauncey Billups was saying, yeah, if the if the Nuggets had to play the Jazz round one, the Nuggets don't win that round. No. It's just I agree. He's just like I don't see how they could handle that because the Jazz are too aggressive and honestly want it more than any other one anyone else out there right now. And it's funny that's a little rivalry there. Yeah, that Denver, Utah. Yeah, why not? There's a whole bunch of rivalries in our division. Yeah, I mean the Thunder don't like the Jazz. Jazz don't like the Thunder. Obviously. Yeah, when you know, Thunder and the and fans Nuggets. don't like don't like Westbrook, and Westbrook doesn't like our fans. The Jokic fans also the- just don't they don't like Trey Lyles either. <laughs> Oh man, Trey Lyles. Well, at I mean, least I don't. Reason. <laughs> Actually, I love Trey Lyles. He's the reason we have Donovan Mitchell. Well, exactly. I love him Thank for that reason. That Trey Lyles was able to fool not only one but two teams into thinking he was decent. But the nerve to go and trash Quinn Snyder for oh my gosh, you have to practice basketball for all the money I you mean, get paid. I mean, we've seen what's happened to him since he stopped practicing. True. He's bad. True. That's what's happened. Same with Cantor. He was actually better than Millsap I mean, last Cantor night, was which was a surprise too. Um, let's go between the Jazz. So Jazz just beat the Nuggets, and Jazz will play in Denver on February 28th. Uh, 11 games between now and then. We'll run through the 11. You guys tell me how many you think the Jazz come out victorious in. Uh, we got Minnesota tomorrow night at home. Trap game. Then (laughs) at Minnesota on Sunday. So back-to-back games versus the Timberwolves. Then you got at Portland. You got two days off between that road game against Minnesota and the road game at Portland, which I think is very helpful uh, to the Jazz going into a tough environment against a team they just barely lost to. Then you got Atlanta at home, Houston at home, Phoenix at home, San Antonio at home. Then you go on the road at Golden State, on the road at Oklahoma City, at home against <laughs> Dallas, at home against the Clippers. There are some tough games in there. Eight. 
So eight and three. Who are you? Who are you? That's kind of hard. I was, just going, are? I was going off. Well, I don't think we're going to beat the Warriors yeah. at home. I think that's a, that's a game we're going to lose. A road game against Golden State. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think tough. we're, I think we're going to lose. Ah, see, I and that was it was. I didn't count it on my fingers, but it's kind of a toss up. Like on the road against OKC, we we do match up kind of well, but I still think we're going to take the L. They 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 always struggle. They do. at OKC though. Yeah, and so that's why I think that's going to be another loss there. Uh, and then the other one I had was one of the Minnesota games. Just that back-to-back, I don't think we're going to win both. So I'm actually exactly with you. Yeah, I'll go exactly with you there, too. That sounds So I think one of the two, I think the at-Minnesota game, or no, I think this home game against Minnesota is going to be a tough game just because whenever the Jazz get a big-time win over a big-time opponent that's emotional and it's hard-fought, you usually get a letdown game right after. Get a slump. Right. Um, I think they will win one. They'll split the Minnesota games. I think at Portland, coming off two days rest, uh, just recently saw Portland. I think the Jazz will have a good game plan there, which this is key because if the Jazz beat the Portland Trailblazers, then they will have clinched the season series with Portland, which means that in the event of a tiebreaker, the Jazz have the the tiebreaker. Right. Then you get Atlanta. That should be in when <laughs> then you, you have so? at home against Houston, which Harden's putting up huge numbers. The Jazz typically can guard James Harden pretty well. He, yeah, he definitely. had a big game the last time they met. However, for the most part, the Jazz guard him a little bit better than most teams typically do. Right. Um, if Exum's back by then, that'll be huge because he's normally a big part in that. He's just a lengthy guy that plays. He that the best part of his game is his defense. And Royce plays him tough. And even when he's put up big numbers, I mean, he scored sixty-one points in Madison Square Garden last night, and yeah. they still only won by like one point. Yeah. Um. Then you have at, then you have three days rest, and then you come back at home against Phoenix, which you oh, should. Man, which should we lose to Phoenix, man. <laughs> which should be a win. Then you are then you're at home. You have two days off, and you're at home against the Spurs. Tough Which one. I think at home against the Spurs, that's actually a three o'clock. That's an afternoon game on Is Saturday. On a, on a Saturday? Saturday. Guys don't play at home game. on Sundays. Oh, um, that's true. Home game, three o'clock p.m. Tip off. Uh, then I'm with you. Lost to Golden State. Lost to Oklahoma City. And then come back with wins at home against Dallas and the Clippers. Yeah, yeah, I agree. This game. Last thing I'll say about this Denver game last night was huge for the Jazz. In the sense of it showed that they were actually have turned a corner and that they're actually playing better. Right. Because you look at the last few games and it was win over New York, lost to Toronto, win over Cleveland, win over Detroit, lost to Milwaukee, win over Orlando, win over Los Angeles without the Lakers, win over Chicago, win over Detroit, win over Cleveland, lost to Portland. I mean, those all, every single one of those wins should be a win. Right. Right. I mean, you shouldn't lose to Detroit if you're the Jazz. You shouldn't lose to Orlando if you're the Jazz. You shouldn't lose to Chicago or Cleveland or the Lakers without LeBron if you're the Jazz. But then to play a team that probably should beat you, at least standing-wise, I mean, Denver's top of the standings in the West or was top of the standings in the West. second right now. That's a team that probably should beat you. And to play that well against them and to come out with that victory show that the Jazz, that these wins over Chicago, these wins over Detroit, these wins over Cleveland actually have shown that the Jazz are playing better. Yeah, validated that win streak. Yeah. Minus that loss to Portland. Um, which this streak couldn't come at a better time for the Jazz because All-Star voting is just, I mean, the All-Star starters were announced today in the East and the West. No Jazz player was 
named a starter, but that's to be expected. Um, but the all-star reserves are going to be voted on and picked by coaches uh, here in the coming weeks. So it actually was a perfect time for both Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert to go on an absolute tear if they are wanting to get into the all-star game, which is my question to you two is, are Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert all-stars? If n- or is it just one of them or neither of them? I'd say just one. Yeah, I, I say Rudy goes. I'm, I'm with you on that. I think Rudy is probably the guy that you know should go. Donovan, currently, as of right now, is playing like an all-star. If he played like this the whole season, exactly. Well, absolutely. And that's I mean, thirty points a game. Ex- and that's yeah. what's hard is like because the first part of that season was he, rough. It was Very really rough. rough. And so that's what I think is hard because you can't just be like, well, he had a really good two weeks, so let's make him an all-star. Like you can't do that. No. And so I think that's why he will miss out. But Rudy sh- deserves and his deserves and Donovan's position right is stacked in the West. To super much harder than Rudy to make an all-star. So Donovan Mitchell averaging 22.3 points per game, um, a little bit more than three assists and a little bit more than three rebounds per game. I ran the numbers. There are 18 players in the NBA currently that are averaging at least 22, three and three. Uh, Really quick, they are Giannis, LeBron, Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, Kyrie Irving, Carl Anthony Towns, Joel Embiid, Steph Curry, Blake Griffin, Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, Zach Levine, Damian Lillard, Paul George, James Harden, Kemba Walker, Donovan Mitchell. That's a that's a good crew to be in. Those are all all star names. Yeah, I mean the only one you think Zach, Zach Levine probably not, or Devin Booker probably not, but Devin Booker if he's in the East is an all star. Zach Levine could be an all star in the East. Yeah, he's. Stacking numbers like those, on a like those are team. borderline. Those are borderline guys, at least. Um, every single one of those other guys. I mean, Giannis is a Giannis and LeBron are both the captains. Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, or already Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, Kyrie Irving, Joel Embiid, Steph Curry, um, Paul George, James Harden, and Kemba Walker were already named All Star starters today. It's fair to assume that Anthony Davis. Um, Blake Griffin, Bradley Beal, Damian Lillard are probably going to be announced at, or locks to be reserves. Right. So that really only leaves Donovan Mitchell, Zach Levine, and Devin Booker and Carl Anthony Towns as kind of like, will they or won't they players. Now of these 18 guys, Donovan Mitchell ranks dead last in field goal percentage. And that's kind of been the knock on Donovan Mitchell. He puts up a lot of numbers. He puts up good stats, but boy, he's shooting 30% from the field. Or shot 5 for 28. Which I think will come over the course of his career. I do. I hope. And of course, these numbers are buoyed by what we've seen over the last 10 games. Right. As well. I'll say this. Donovan, next, if he keeps similar play to what he's doing now, he'll be a lock for at least a reserve next year. If he can play like this... Pretty consistently. Until then, yeah. Um, I'm with you. I think Donovan Mitchell is getting there, but I don't think he should be an all-star, no. especially when you look at the guards in the West. I mean, you have Steph Curry. You right. have the West Russell is Westbrook. Hard you have Paul George. You have Damian Lillard. You have Devin Booker. Yeah. You have James Harden. Chris Paul might. I don't know. Well, he just might go off namesake. Yeah. But... Rudy, I do think Rudy will go as a reserve. So let me look at Rudy's comparison. So Rudy is averaging 14.9 points, 13 rebounds, and 2.1 blocks. So I looked up players averaging at least 14 points, 13 rebounds, and 2 blocks per game. There are two. 
Rudy Gobert and Anthony Davis. There you go. If you're smart as a coach, the coaches are smart, obviously, because they're coaches. They will put Rudy in. I get. I, I don't know. Some dumb very, coaches out there. <laughs> I am I mean, very. Yeah. I'm whew, fairly confident that a smart coach would look at Rudy and say, "Yes, that guy is at least an All Star reserve." I'm with you. He should be a lock for an East All Star reserved. But it's also tough in the again in the West. If he's in the East, this wouldn't be even a question because you have Anthony Davis, you have Carl Anthony Towns, you have. Um, Nikola Jokic, you have Steven Adams. Like, those are four very, very good centers. I'd put him in over Adams. I would, too. But I'm biased. I would, too. <laughs> and I think most people would. Most people that know what they're talking about would. But, I mean, you're, I mean, it's neck and neck. I mean, yeah. Gobert, Adams obviously is more of an offensive threat. And Gobert is obviously more of a defensive threat. And when you're going all-star, do you want to go offense or do you want to go defense? Is the question. Obviously, offense. So, I mean, I think I would like to think that he would get in over him. I mean, you also have Boban. I'm just, it's a joke. He's yeah, not going to It's a say, joke, Devin. Don't give me that look. <laughs> like, are you, are you, don't squint that hard. Uh, you, also have, you also have LaMarcus Aldridge. He's, he's, he's been balling out. LaMarcus That'd Aldridge is And he's offense. You have Marcus Gasol. Mm, I'd put Rudy in over Gasol. Um, I'm kind of scrolling down the Western Conference teams right now. Who they have at their center? Listen, yeah, if I you mean look, those are probably the only ones that on kind TNT of are in that tonight, same. Uh, most of the guys had Rudy going in as an All Star, as I think you should. I think because th- those are the guys that actually know basketball. Those aren't the analysts. Those are the guys that look at sheer talent and are just like, "Wow, that guy should be an All Star because I'm played basketball at a high level." And I see what he's doing, and it's great. It's all-star numbers. The difference he makes being in the paint is just incredible. Like you see, like all the jazz announcers say, the Gobert factor um, makes a big difference. The jazz, like you said, have been making their way up, their st- up the standings. Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert are borderline all-stars. But if you really want to compete in the Western Conference, you probably need to add a third piece. Mm-hmm. You have two borderline all-stars already. We've established the fact that probably Gobert should be, and Donovan, although he's getting close, probably won't be this year. Um, so you have two all-star caliber players already. Normally, a championship-level team has three. So today the news came out that the Jazz have inquired about Mike Conley point guard from the Memphis Grizzlies who was recently made available as well as Otto Porter a wing player from the Washington Wizards so my question to you guys is if you're the Jazz do you make a move for one of those two guys what move do you make who do you give up and Mm. why do you kind of make that move this is hard it was a little hard for me well Hunter I know you were (laughs) I know you were putting putting it to work I'll let you guys kind of go well, see, this is kind of how I like to roll with things. You know, if, if if it's if it doesn't need to be fixed, why fix it? Kind of thing. But at the same mm-hmm. time, but you can it, just get better, though. right? Exactly. But at the same time, you, you don't want to become complacent. No, right? Like we're fine exactly. being fifth, sixth. So it's hard because right now we're on this roll, but it's like it can get better. It obviously yeah. can get better. Now, who would I want? Right? I don't know. Of like, those two, like Otto Porter and Mike Conley. Mm. I I take Mike Conley. I mean, Conley's I, a better player, I think, but who fits better? You know. See, that's what's hard because you know, 
I'm probably going to go Conley. I think Conley might be a little bit better. But like, oh, man, I'm going Porter, Conley because the Jazz need sheer more sheer scoring. Mm. I mean, out of Porter gets that, you scoring. What I'm saying, I'm like, that's what I'm thinking. Conley, like, though. but if you get Porter, that's another dude to spread the court and Conley's let a Donovan Mitchell killer, do what man. he does best. Yeah, I mean, he's good, but like Porter is known as being like a tremendous True. three and D guy, which is exactly which is what exactly the Jazz, the jazz need. You're right. You you are right there. But so, who would you give up to get Porter? Well, I mean, that's why I had you guys. I told you guys to go work the trade because machine. Because I know come up the with. trade machine, but I was working it for Conley, and I was saying, obviously, if if he comes, you have Donovan that can you know play little point guard, and obviously don't bank on him for the future like we talked about. But if you get Conley, then you'd most likely give up Rubio, and you'd, well, you absolutely would have exactly. To give up Rubio. So I'd give Rubio and Exum up for um, Conley. Does that work in the trade machine? Yeah. Okay. It went out in the trade machine. It was good. Um, just real quick before we dive into potential, like your trades, to compare the two uh, points, Mike Conley, 20 a game, Otto Porter, 13 a game. Turnovers, Conley turns the ball over twice a game, Otto Porter turns it over once a game. Steals are about the same. Assists, obviously, are going to be more, t- are going to lean towards Conley. Uh, rebounds are obviously going to lead towards Porter. Um, effective field goal percentage, Otto Porter 56, Mike Conley 49. Two p- or field goal percentage, Otto Porter 48, Conley 43. I'll round up. And three point percentage, Mike Conley 36, Otto Porter 40. So I've so shooting uh Otto Porter is obviously the better shooter. Um the points per game in terms of Mike Conley probably is goes up because the usage rate is more and the, he has the ball in his hands more often than Otto Porter does. Otto Porter's playing with John Wall and Bradley Beal who mm-hmm. are going to take the majority of the shots and have the ball in their hands the majority of the time. Whereas Mike Conley, it's him and Mark Gasol pretty much. Um, so it just kind of, like I said, depends on what you want. If you're the Jazz, would you rather have an improved point guard or would you rather have another 3 and D guy? I'll, I'll give you to, my answer yeah. after I hear. I to, still think I wanted the 3 and D guy just because now, because you think about it, spread the floor a little more and let Donovan do what he does best. Because, yeah, we can get Conley, another scorer, but it's just kind of hard for me when it's, you, usually you're going to want Conley, if you have these type of players, you want them all on the court at the same time. And so that's why you kind of might need to work with Porter. Might be a little bit better of a fit. So when I look at the Jazz roster, the one position that I look at, there's two positions I look at that I say, if we were to get a, another, like a starting caliber player, they would plug in all, automatically. And that's at point mm-hmm. guard and that's at power forward. If the Jazz can get like a high volume score at the power forward position or at the point guard position, they play right away. I look at Otto Porter and I think, would he start over Ingles? I mean, the Jazz have Ingles, mm. they have Royce, they have Corver, Grayson Allen to some extent. You can plug in and he'll make threes for you. Do you have Cephalosha who will be back from injury soon? So it's just kind of, I look at him and think, well, where do you put him in that rotation? Obviously, yeah. if you make a trade for him, you probably give up Cephalosha. Which I'd much rather, I mean, I'd be... You'd rather have Otto Porter Cephalosha. But you put that, I mean... Porter will take away from Joe's minutes. He'll take away from Corver's minutes. He'll take away from Grayson's minutes. Which I'm perfectly fine. I'm perfectly minutes. fine with Ingles and Corver. I mean, I'm contempt with those guys. Yeah. 
but right. that's why I'd, I'm saying, so that's why I would rather have Conley. I'd rather yeah, have you an get a point guard, point with guard more position. Because um, Ricky will do it some nights, but he does just just doesn't do it every night on the scoring. Yeah. So scoring wise, Mike Conley. That's the per thirty six. Let me. But Mike actually. Conley would not get as many shots on the Jazz as he would. He wouldn't. But Mike Conley more efficient. I mean, Rubio's taking eleven shots a game. Uh, Mike Conley is a better shooting percentage-wise from the field, better from the three. Their rebounds goes a little bit more towards Ricky. Assists is identical, both with, at six a game. Steals is identical at 1.3 a game. Blocks is identical. Turnovers, Conley turns the ball over less. And points, Conley scores seven more points per game than Rubio. So obviously, offensively, you get a huge bump in with Conley over Rubio. And they'll space the floor more. True. Open up shots for guys like Joe, Corver, Donovan. Um, Everyone. <laughs> so that's why I took yeah. to the trade machine. So now that I've established that I want Mike Conley, I decided to get crazy with the trade machine. I love the trade machine. Um, they're just a rush that you get. <laughs> Chills. Chills over my whole body. Um, so here I've got a four-team trade here. I wanna, oh. I'm gonna pose this to you guys. You guys tell me. I like it. If from every team's point of view, if you would do it, okay. And I'll give you the reasoning behind why I think each team would at least consider. Utah Jazz get Mike Conley and Evan Fournier from the Orlando Magic. Okay. A guy, him and Rudy are best buds. He's a great shooter. He can come off the bench behind Donovan, knock down threes. Keep that Euro trend going. And you get Mike Conley, who we've established already as an upgrade at the point guard position. Memphis Grizzlies would get Wesley Matthews, Derek Favors, Dennis Smith Jr., and a draft pick. Which is a great pickup for them. So you get a couple expiring deals in Wesley Matthews and Derek Favors that will be off the books. So you clear Mike Conley's salary, and you get Dennis Smith Jr., who's a good young point guard that you can... Because if they get rid of Conley, I don't know who you're playing at point guard if you're Memphis. So you get a young point guard that you can be Conley's replacement. He's athletic. You can pair him with Jaron Jackson and just let those guys do their thing. And you're probably not going to win a whole lot of games right now because they're all young. Mm -hmm. Dallas Mavericks would get Ricky Rubio, Jamichael Green from the Memphis Grizzlies, and a draft pick. And why I think Dallas would do this is you don't you get rid of Dennis Smith Jr., who they've been trying to trade. You get Ricky Rubio, who I mean, imagine Ricky Rubio dishing passes to Luka Doncic. That. Like, mwah, wow, it's beautiful. You have just like every European star from the last twenty years in Dirk Nowitzki, Ricky Rubio, and Luka Doncic <laughs> on the same team. You get a solid point guard, and you move away from Dennis Smith Jr. Orlando Magic get Dante Exum. Why? Because right now they don't have a point guard. Like they're running DJ Augustine a point guard. No. Well, the same so DJ Augustine that played for the Charlotte Bobcats. Well. The Bobcats. He's been around. He's been around. He's not going to be around. He's not that great. So yeah, you get you get Exum and a young point guard. So that you get a young, exciting point guard. That or you, fans want to say showed signs. Yeah. So that's why I think each team would do it. Uh, I've run it through the trade machine, and the trade machine says it works. I feel like each team gets a pretty good deal there. So if you would do it, if you're every, I'd do it. I think so. I think that I think every I think team gets up. a pretty fair deal there. That's just kind of what I came up with. 
Um, jazz, there's, I know there's a lot of Exum Island jazz fans out there who are adamantly against moving on from Exum. Well, I am definitely not on that island. And yeah, you're getting Mike Conley, who's in his 30s, and you're moving on from Exum, who's a young point guard. But if you're Jazz and you want to win now... Exum gets out of bed and gets hurt. Yeah. If you're Jazz and you want to win now, Mike Conley's the route to go. So that's kind of just what I came up with. So that, so Jazz fans, send us in your best ideas yeah. for trades. I posed it on Instagram. I got a couple of responses. Uh, one that I thought was interesting was uh, Rubio and Grayson Allen for, um, what's his face? Mike Conley. Did that go through, uh, though? But it does not work at the trade machine because they are taking on too much salary. The Jazz would have to get rid of more pieces than just those two. You see, I just go straight across the board, um, Rubio and uh, Favors to Memphis for Conley. I don't think that's enticing to them, though. They want young guys. They need young guys or good draft picks. And Rubio's not old. He's like two years younger than Mike Conley. <laughs> so he's not young. He's not young. He's not old. Um, we're going to take a quick break and then come back. Alex has a segment for us. Oh, so yeah. Stay tuned for that. And we're back. Last segment of the show. You know how I like to take that third segment as my own and, you know, have a little fun Alex's with it. Alex's segment. It's just, you own it. It's my segment. You know how it goes. Tonight we are doing Would You Rather. I got a couple weird ones up here, but they're going to be just fine. <laughs> going to get weird up in here right now. Maybe not too weird, but like, you know, they're random, right? <clears throat> First one, Devin and Hunter. Would you rather play golf professionally or bowl professionally? Golf. Mm. Um. Well, <laughs> golf. You obviously make more money. You're outside. You know, people more, watch more it. Televised. <laughs> people watch it. It's not on. Yeah. on but I have more fun bowling. Sunday at I don't have fun one. golfing. You don't have fun golfing too. No. I love golf. Golfing's fun, man. I have Ooh. more fun driving a golf cart than I do. So you're just one of those. I mean, guys. I should do NASCAR. I mean, I also am one I'm of those like guys. driving. No, we don't need to do that. How many golf carts have been trashed with me on the court or in the course? On, on the court. court. On the man, court. How, I drive. I, I take mean, it yeah, all you're the way taking, to the basketball. You finally taking, found out what's wrong with Devin's basketball I was game. Say, no one. No one. You're taking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's driving the golf cart. Golf cart. No, I do golf just sheer money and sheer recognition. Name me. Name me the top bowler in the world right now. Chris Paul. Without an Allstate commercial, <laughs> who is the top bowler in the world? Ricky Saldorbia. Are you are you making that's that up? A made up that's name. a total made up name. See, yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to. But see. name me one of the top five golfers besides Tiger Woods. Is Phil Mickelson still the top, top five golfers? Golfer? Yeah, Tony Finau. <laughs> I mean, I mean that's a local favorite, and he's up there occasionally. I'm never good with the golfer names right Maybe now. Maybe the Ryder Cup. Uh, but uh, I mean, like, if you think about, like, you got uh, Phil Mickelson, he's always competitive, but you know of him. Wasim Akram. Is that the top? He's a top bowler. Wow. Wow. Wait, what? No, never mind. Take it back. Some Why dude. is it showing me the best cricket players in history? Dude, heck yeah. Shout out to Haseem. 
He's a best cricket bowler, which I guess is a thing. Earl Anthony. Is he from Kentucky? <laughs> I don't know. As of the 2008-2009 season. Some small know, town in Kentucky? Maybe. Hey, so you could do like Jordan Spieth. Spieth. Roy McElroy. Rory. McElroy. Rory McElroy. McElroy. Ricky Fowler? Ricky Fowler. Mm. He's got Bubba flow. Watson? Bubba Watson. Jason Day. Jason Day. Tony Finau. Are up there. Finau. Obviously, Steph, Tiger Woods. Steph Curry. Tiger Woods Sergio is not a Garcia. tough dog. Well, I mean, I just mean like top is in You also like, said other than Tiger Woods. Yeah, because oh. if you ask, <laughs> if you walk up, who's a golfer? Everyone's going to say Tiger Woods or Phil Mickelson. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. All right, next. All right. I feel, yeah, no, I feel like this definitely goes out more towards Hunter right. in a sense. Because, I mean, Devin and I over here aren't very good at this. But would you rather have mean. would you rather have a beard oh. that never stops growing or never be able to grow one? Could I cut it? I mean, technically a beard never stops growing. No, 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 no. You cannot cut it. Oh. So it's like it's going to just Duck grow. Dynasty for the rest of your life. Yeah. Uh, I'd rather not be able to grow it. How about you, Devin? I mean I mean, since I've never had the sensation of growing more than a little <laughs> mustache. Yeah. I trimmed it all but the mustache. I don't know if you can I, tell. Yeah. It's definitely, yeah, you definitely got a darker upper lip for sure. <laughs> you go in 70s on us. Um, I'm going to go with no beard still. Yeah, no beard. All right, all right. All right, would you rather get drafted by the Arizona Cardinals in the first pick or... Go on. Or obviously take a pay cut, get drafted in the third round by the Pats? Well, I mean... Well, what? What do you think? What position am I playing? What position do you want to put play? me as a fine? Let's say NFL player. Let's say if I'm X. If you are, let's just say Bosa. Like obviously he's going to probably go to the Cardinals as number one, but you're a D end. Let's uh, say you're Bosa. I mean, just your money wise, I'm going to go Cardinals. I'd rather go number one overall and then go to the Pats and free agency. Hmm. I'd rather just stake out my own career, Make go number money. one, and Make my money. Make more money. <laughs> All right. Make like money. Uh, <laughs> I like that. Make money. Oh, All right. Now, in light of how much snow there has been in this last week, which sucks. Yes. My personal opinion. I hate it so much. But would you rather always be entrapped just by snow everywhere around you? It's always cold. Or be like in Phoenix area, unbelievably hot all the time. Snow. Ooh. And cold Snow. because I can layer Snow. up and layer down. You're in the heat. You're just sweating. It's miserable. Hot. You're sweating. It's sticky. Oh, you're. Ma- it's just giving me anxiety. I hate, I hate being. Like, I just hot. hate the snow so much right now, man. You'd rather be sticky, sweaty in the middle of the heat. You're insane right now. I'm not saying I would rather. I'm just kind of going off on. I don't know. Like it sucks being in the snow right now. Heat stroke. It's been snowing <laughs> for three days. And it's it snowed two, like three days ago. Bro, no, you grew it, up no, in it's Utah. Just that there's snow here. <laughs> I'm s- sick of it. This is why this is why living in Seattle is better. So you're go saying like go, what I rather, so you rather rain, have it rain seventy five percent of the year? Hundred percent. I'm pro so you rain. Just sit up there depressed? No, I'm fine. I I don't get depressed. Okay. I'm only depressed when football season isn't on. Okay, that's depression. Which for the Seahawks gets earlier and earlier. <laughs> Actually, that's not true. That's not true at all. Because last season we just made the playoffs, <laughs> and the season before that we didn't. So. False. Next. <laughs> you suck, dude. <laughs> All right. Would you rather have Hugh Jackson as your coach 
or Nathan no. or Nathan Peterman as your quarterback. Oh, dude, that's <laughs> which, a lose lose. Yeah, which one you taking? Who's my backup? Quarterback? I'll retire. <laughs> I'll have Hugh Jackson as my coach. Really? Yeah. That Nathan Peterman is your quarterback? So I could fire him. True. I'll just tell you to get the f out of his office. So I could fire him. Wow, I like that. Um, I'm going Hugh. Yeah. Look, there's a reason Hugh Jackson got fired by anyone in the first place. Like, he does something good. Nathan Peterson was just a beneficiary of having a terrible, terrible coach that made terrible decisions. Yeah. I don't know how many times Sean McDermott had to watch the game film. But it was about a hundred times too many. <laughs> Every snap Peterman was on the field was one snap too many. Yeah, I hundred percent agree with you on that. So, wow. well, thanks guys. Thank you. Welcome to my thanks for well, just thanks for joining my segment of Would You Rather. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks for doing it. Thanks for listening to the podcast, everyone. <laughs> thanks for listening to Alex's segment. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Go follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. Go subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google, uh, Spotify, really just wherever podcasts are found. Um, go su- subscribe. Give us a review. Give us give us your craziest jazz traits. I want to see some insane jazz traits coming in in Alex's DMs. Go DM Alex Whistler on Twitter or Instagram. Let me have them. Uh, my, go DM me on Twitter at underscore Hunter underscore Miller. My Instagram's private, so don't DM me there. But DM me on Twitter. Your crazy jazz ideas. I want to hear them. Peace. Like two legends cannot coexist, but I never be for the for nothing. If I smoke a rapper, it's gonna be legit. It won't be for clout, it won't be for fame, it won't be because my they ain't selling the same. It won't be to sell you my latest little sneakers, it won't be because some slid in my lane. Everything grows, it's destined to change. I love you, little n- I'm glad that you came. I hope that you scrape every dollar you came. I hope you know money won't erase the pain. To the OGs, I'm thanking you now. I was watching you when you was paving the ground. I copied your cadence, I mirrored your style. I studied the grace, I'm the greatest right now. If you feel me, you ain't got a choice I ain't do no promo, still made all that noise This shit gon' be different, I set my intentions I promise to slap all that hate out your voice You can count me out I'm counting my bullets, I'm loading my clips I'm writing no names, I'm making a list I'm checking it twice